Hey, I'm back. Uh, I'm really this is this is gonna be awesome, you guys. I'm gonna I'm I'm really gonna try to get on like a <coughs> like a weekly schedule, you know. Uh, I really cleared up. I I used to always say I'm busy and stuff, but I've really cleared uh, some things up, and I think this would be. I'm really hoping that this will become normal. And I hope I can uh, get more people listening as well. Some old people who really enjoyed the uh, the first episode and the, the like episodes one through three, you know. If they'd come back, I can get them to come back. Uh, that'd be great and stuff. So yeah, to start this off, I was actually thinking about not doing Degenerate Review because of how long it takes. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to do it. So here we go, and especially because this one's awesome. Oh yeah, if I sound like groggy or something, I don't know, man. It's the morning. Well, the thing is, it's not the morning, but it's like the morning to me. So I woke up at 10, and then just didn't get out of bed till like 10.45. Um, and I haven't really done anything since then. But here I am, and we're doing the Generate Review. Uh, we're doing the Generate Review on Mr. Edward Teach. You may be wondering who that is. Okay. Well, I'll tell you right now. In 1716. <laughs> I don't know why I, I don't know why I said that. Okay, it's Blackbeard. Did Edward teaches Blackbeard? Okay, we're doing Blackbeard. Blackbeard's super badass. Okay, guys. This is like this. I'm super hyped for this interview. So yeah, real name was Edward Teach. And after the Treaty of Utrecht was passed. Uh, he became a pirate in Jamaica. Now, in 1716, he joined Captain Benjamin Hornigold. And then, they absolutely terrorized uh, the region. Uh, they each took a sloop. If you play Sea of Thieves, you'll know that that's like a little ship. They each took their own little ship. Uh, and they captured a boat carrying 120 barrels of flour out of Havana. And another little sloop carrying a hundred barrels of wine out of Bermuda. So back then, uh, pirates still would steal like cargo. Okay, it was really valuable. Now stealing all this shit would be like fucking like 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 have no value. Would be useless. It'd actually be worthless. Like st- stealing fucking hundred twenty barrels of flour. You know they 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 got a lot of money doing this shit. Um, later formed a flotilla. Him and Hornigold. They formed a flotilla with Steed Benet. Now, Steed... I don't, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, I forget. I, don't, I actually never learned. If it's Steed Benet or Steed Bonnet. I'm going to quickly look that up, actually. Steed Benet pronunciation. Steed Bonnet, as his name. So they formed a flotilla with Steed Bonnet. With uh, Bonnet's ship... The Revenge, which uh, Bonnet actually let Blackbeard take the control of, since Bonnet's crew wasn't a big fan of Bonnet's like uh, leadership. Uh, Blackbeard's old sh- old sloop, and Hornigold's new ship, the Ranger. You know, it's bigger than a sloop. You know, it's his own ship called the Ranger. They then got another stolen ship, and uh, they built. A- they had a small fleet going. Okay, and this is- they were absolutely terrorizing the Caribbean. I I think. <laughs> I think it was the Caribbean. Uh, that's what I read, and that's what I've always heard when it comes to Blackbeard. Uh, however, Hornigold would later retire uh, and take the because uh, he would like he only attacked his old enemies, and his crew was getting real sick of going by British cargo ships with that went completely unharmed with very valuable cargo. So he was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I'm too old for this. So he retired. But when he retired, he would, he took the ranger and one of the sloops with him. So now they only have two. So now it's just uh, Bonnet and Teach. And they only have two. Uh, or as you know, Blackbeard. Bonnet and Blackbeard with only two ships. But while terrorizing, this is when this is when it, he starts to get fucking insane. Okay? He stole, well, uh, captured a French slave ship named the La Concorde. Uh, and he renamed her, as some of you might know, Queen Anne's Revenge. This is Blackbeard's ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge. After stealing it and renaming it immediately, he armed it with 40 guns and over 300 men. 
and this is where the iconic Blackbeard starts coming out. You know, he had those he had those six pistols on the front of his torso and like two bandoliers, uh, which you may think is stupid, but you're wrong because they're flintlocks. They don't have they don't have mags, so it's way faster to just carry multiple. Uh, so, so you don't have to do the weird 1700s reload with the like stick and the gunpowder. Now, we're all carrying those two, uh, six pistols. He had these two big, lit, slow... There was these big, slow-fuse matches that he lit and put them under his hat, sticking out on either side of his head. Now, this gave him... And when entangled with his hair, this gave him this really, like, demonic, like, intimidating appearance, which which proved effective in battle, actually. So he was... People were really scared of him. Because he had this these fucking smoke coming out of these two, like, braids of hair. That he, most famously, this is Blackbeard's most famous action, when he blockaded the port of Charlestown in the province of South Carolina in 1718. It was this is when South Carolina was a province. This is 1718. So this, this isn't the United States. This is like, uh, you know, British people live there. <laughs> and, don't, and don't call it the United States. I forget what it's fucking called. Uh, it's, got, it's all those provinces and shit, you know. So the province of South Carolina in 1718. Where he held he held the town for ransom, and until they met his demands for medical equipment, he just him and his crew just captured ships, cargo, and sailors. Just like oh my god, making all this fucking money until they gave him his medical equipment that he demanded. And uh, yeah, I already said this. Yeah, he did hold the entire he hold the town for ransom. He had that town fucking under control. He I mean he and also there's another thing. Uh, a lot of like depictions of Blackbeard, I've noticed. He looks really like old, uh, which just he wasn't. I don't understand. He's just he's not old. I'm pretty sure he was born in 1680, and if he was he was like in his late 30s, and everyone has him portrayed looking like uh like like he's in his like early 50s when he's in his def he's in his like late 30s during his piratical career, and then after all he all the shade in Charlestown. This is when he was a he took a part a pardon deal because back then they would the government would actually or no not the government the monarchy I guess would actually uh, pardon actually well, no it was a governor it was a governor named Governor Eden yeah Governor Eden actually pardoned uh, actually gave a pardon deal to Blackbeard all these pirates were being pardoned to like just easily stop pirating which something like that would never happen today. If we were to stop murdering, I don't think uh, Mr. Mike DeWine would just pardon all murderers in Ohio. But he, and also you can choose to be pardoned or not, you know. So Blackbeard actually, he took the pardon deal and tried to settle down uh, and do privateering. Because privateering, which is the kind of shit that, well, I think that's the kind of stuff that like Christopher Columbus would do. I think it's like, uh, uh, just like, oh, God damn it. What does it mean? I forget. Hold on. Privateer. Um, arb ship owned with private individuals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's just like uh, being being like a military reserve, I guess. Because you know he's a big bad. He's a big badass. So they. Uh, he was just like and privateering was just something for bored, pardoned pirates who missed their days of pirating. Uh, and he had a new sloop that he named Adventure. See, it's not like scary or anything. Um, however, even though he was pardoned and settled down with his new sloop, he returned to pirating very, very shortly, and a warrant for his arrest was sent out. This is where we had the ep- his epic, like, battle, epic a shootout, actually, against him and his crew, and then Robert Maynard, and Lieutenant Robert Maynard in the squad he brought. Now, the victor was Robert Maynard. And Blackbeard was killed and actually decapitated for a bounty. Uh, since they bring, he brings back the head for the bounty. And I'm pretty sure Blackbeard's head was displayed on the front of his ship as a warning to other pirates. So that's pretty horrifying. And uh, <clears throat> the uh, he's described by Wikipedia as being shrewd and calculating, which is sick. Uh, Wikipedia also says that he spurned the use of violence, so he like rejected it. 
I wasn't a big fan of it. Because he relied instead on his fearsome image to elicit the response uh, that he desired from those whom he robbed. Now, the general history of pirates, also it's, it's called general history of pirates, and pirate is uh, spelled with a Y. Uh, I forget what this is. Oh, it's a book. It's a very, it's just like a really, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a really old book from 1724. It's called A General History of the Pirates from Their First Rise and Settlement in the Island of, of Providence to the Present Time by Captain Charles Johnson. So this book from 1724 described, this is what they have to say. In the Commonwealth of Pirates, he who goes to greatest length of wickedness is looked upon with a kind of envy amongst them. The hero of whom we are writing was thoroughly accomplished this way. They're referring to Blackbeard, by the way. And some of his frolics of wickedness were so extravagant as if he aimed at making his men believe he was a devil incarnate. Now that's like, that's, that's like scary, man. So, that's what I got to say about Blackbeard, you know. I think I'm going to give him... I have written down an 8, because he did spurn the use of violence, but he was really, really, like, scary. Uh, I think an 8 is good, because I don't want him to... I don't want to give him, like, a 10 or, like, a 9 or a 10, because I don't want him to be, like, a super bad person, because, like... He's because Blackbeard's a badass. Like nothing's badass about like Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, nothing is badass about Jim Jones. Or you know, I mean Al Capone's badass, and he also didn't get like a ten out of ten or anything. But yeah, we got an eight out of ten for Blackbeard. He was uh, everyone was fucking horrified of him with his big matches hanging out of his hat, his hair around him and shit. So yeah, he was pretty. He was looked. He was real scary looking. Yeah, that's the general review. Now, songs of the week, because I have two songs to mention since I've been listening to another artist. His name is Neil Young. Now, Neil Young, according to Acclaimed Music, which is like a musical statistics site, he, I'm pretty sure he's the... Actually, no, I know this. I've looked into this. He's the seventh most critically acclaimed artist ever, okay? That doesn't mean I recommend him, because I don't think anyone listening would like him. Uh, just because, you know, I know my audience, you know, he's not, I don't know, Kanye, if any of you guys listen to Kanye, uh, he's not, he's not, I don't know, uh, Playboy Cardi, that's another person that I don't listen to, wait, hold on, I have an idea, uh, I actually, <laughs> Spotify for podcasters actually tells me what artist my audience listens to. Hold on, this is gonna. This, well, I need to. I need to take a look at this. Uh, interest. Let me interact. I'm trying to find where it says what my audience listens to. Uh, polls. No Q and A. No. I don't know how to do this. Uh, shit. Uh, uh. Okay, I know there is some place where it says what they listen to. Because I saw it myself. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend uh, Neil Young to any of you. But I am a huge, I've grown to be a huge, huge Neil Young fan. <laughs> Sorry if I'm like talking slowly and distracted. Because I'm still looking. I want to see what my audience listens to, man. Oh, here, wait, audience. I found it! Uh, okay. What the fuck? What? Okay. Okay. Guys. So, Spotify for podcasters is very glitched. Because it says that my podcast, an episode has been started... 654 times but for my audience in the statistics it is only considering four people so to what those the artists that those four people listen to in hyphen in hyphen i don't know what that that looks like a oh god oh no it looks like a k-pop band they all have colored hair and middle parts oh jesus 
Oh, it is. I knew it. Uh, so in hypen. Uh, no, another K-pop band. What's going on? My audience. No, these. Out of all the four people, I chose the wrong ones. No, ex, ex, exdenary heroes. Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know, man. I'll listen to this. No. Hillary Duff. Yeah. At least it's not K-pop. Um. Hannah Montana. By the way, K-pop is the most bought and the most commercial bought and sold product out of any music ever made. Uh, Hannah Montana. What? Who are these people? <laughs> Who are the four people that is considering and why? Aespa. What is it? A-E-S-P-A. -A. Oh, wow. It's a... It's a band. I don't know what country they're from. It's an Asian... It's it's like it's one of the Asian pops, you know? I don't know if it's K-pop or C-pop. It's K-pop because they're on a K-pop playlist. It's K-pop. Uh, yeah, no, three K-pop bands. Uh, this is, you know, guys, really horrible stuff. I'm really disappointed in those four people. Uh, because, you know why? Because they don't have to listen to any of that garbage. Because now, I have a playlist called Songs of the Shed, which is a playlist made up of all the songs I've mentioned on the podcast. All the songs of the week. So you should, you should go listen to those. Get off this. What is this, K-pop? What are you going to listen to next? Dream? You're going to listen to... Road trip or mask, you know, that's what the mask is, you know. No, no, just listen to, to the songs of the shed. This will turn you into an awesome person, trust me. Songs of the shed can be found by going to Spotify and searching, you know, Davy Parker and checking my playlist or just searching songs of the shed, but you'll find it there. The, so, listen to that, man. Get off. What is this? I mean, come on, Aespa. Exdenary heroes and hyping. You got to get out of here, man. This is horrible. I have a, I have a stream in Alaska. <laughs> That's nice. Actually, no, I do I. No, it just looks weird on the map. Since the country where I have streams is like colored in pink, and it's a map of the world. And since Alaska is just like not connected to to the United States, uh, it's pink and it looks like it's just a different country, but. Uh, no, it's not. I don't have any streams there. It's just part of the United States. Because I have streams there. Atlanta, Alaska is in the, in the United States. I almost said Atlanta. I bet some of you wish Atlanta wasn't in the United States. But, uh, yeah, no, Alaska is in the United States. For those of you who don't know, I know, it's crazy. It is part of the country. And I refuse to believe I have streams there. Alaska's where Jesse Pinkman went to go, uh... After what went after Breaking Bad, you know, uh, where he went in, uh, like where he wanted to go at least. I don't want to give any. Well, he wanted to go to he wanted to go to Alaska because Mike told him about it. Said it was a great place. I don't want to give any spoilers for El Camino in case you haven't seen it. It's a good movie. Uh, some people really think it's not. I liked it. Seems like more of a treat for Breaking Bad fans. I'm also completely going. I've been completely going off script for a few minutes now. Uh, here we go. As I was going to talk about. I was, I've been listening to Neil Young. Now, you, Neil Young's awesome, okay? Of course, you guys won't like him, because you guys listen to fucking In Hypen and Exedinary Heroes and Aespa. Oh, my guess You won't like Neil Young. But he's the best, man. He's got a lot of musical flexibility, because he's considered to be the godfather of grunge, like the creator of grunge music. And that's really cool. Because uh, That's because of his guitar tone. Which I love. I love his guitar tone. It's the sound. It's described as the sound of rust. He's uh, he's built a lot of his career around the sound, the sound of rust, and it's just sick. Is he can be both his musical flexibility. He can be both uh, calm and reflective, or he can be absolutely thrashing. You know. So that's why I got two songs where he's. Uh, I got two live songs to mention for songs of the week. Where he's electric and he's live and it's crazy. So the first song is from a 1991 live album. Oh, by the way, Neil Young's music isn't on Spotify since he took it off in protest of the of Joe Rogan, you know, misinformation kind of stuff. So 
you'll have to go into there, but it's fine. You know why? If you have Apple Music, there's an Apple Music version of the Songs of the Shed. All you gotta do is look up Songs of the Shed on Apple Music, and then you'll find it there. Wow. So, that's something. Now, the first song is from a 1991, I believe, a 1991 live album. Uh, let me just check that to make sure it's true. Uh, yeah, 1991 live album called Weld. Okay, this was a this has this was after a comeback for Neil Young. Uh, it's called Powderfinger. I love this song. This song is so cool. This is the, the this song is so cool. So basically, yeah, it's electric and thrashing, but the lyrics do mean you know Neil Young's one of the greatest songwriters ever. So the lyrics do mean something. It's about this kid. It tells a story through this kid's uh, maybe not a kid, maybe like a teenager. His point of view of this gunboat approaching his uh, approaching his like a uh, house on the river with his family. He's probably based in older time. He doesn't know why it's how why there's a gunboat approaching. He doesn't know what his parents have been up to that have caused that. But all he's got to know is that he's got to defend the house with his father with his dad's rifle, and uh, that's what. Uh, and the song is just so badass, man. Neil Young is just so badass on stage. And then another song. Is from a live album that was released in 2006, but it was it was recorded all the way back in 1970, so 21 years before that last one. This is when Neil was starting out with his backing band called Crazy Horse, which were was was actually they played on that Powderfinger song I just mentioned. Neil Young's always been, he's out, always had this backing band, uh, Crazy Horse, and but I love the Native American kind of like stuff. Like imagery and uh, stuff with Neil Young, like his, like his backing band Crazy Horse. He has a song called Danger Bird, which I really like. This song called Broken Arrow. Uh, that stuff's really cool. But here we have another song called Winter Long from a live album called Crazy Horse at the Fillmore in 1970. The Fillmore East basically was this concert venue where a lot of great rock acts it was this concert promoter named bill graham it was his rock venue where a lot of great rock acts got started out just playing playing at the fillmore like the all like the allman brothers played so many shows at the fillmore they were considered bill graham's house band and i know eric clapton played at the fillmore with his uh band at the time Derek and the dominoes and neil young and crazy horse played at the fillmore and their version of winter long which is the song of the week winter long uh one of the songs of the week is amazing it's absolutely amazing. So that's it. Yeah, Powderfinger live from the album Weld. And a Winter Long live from the album Crazy Horse at the Fillmore. Now, that's what I gotta say about Neil Young. Oh, also, you know, I wanna... Oh, man, dude. I wanna get Neil Young box sets, but I gotta get, I'm gonna save up some money. And there's this really cool set I want really badly. Called Way Down in the Rust Bucket which it's like a box set covering this concert he had after his 1990 comeback album, uh, Ragged Glory. And no, his comeback album was in 1989. Then he released another album, which was awesome, called Ragged Glory, just the next year. And his tour to support that, his cover is one of the, his best concerts ever on his tour to uh, support the album, Ragged Glory. And I want it really badly. It sounds really cool. And also, Neil Young, he knows what music's production should sound like. Because he has heavily criticized modern-day music production on how it sounds. And I, I'm going to have to agree with him. I want to, let's see, what did he say again? Neil Young on modern, no, Neil Young on music production. I know he thinks that everything nowadays just sounds bad. Uh, which, he's not talking about the music itself. Uh, he's just, he, you know, he's heavily critical of digital production. He says that nothing is real. This is from Music Radar. He says that nothing is real when you take the dark step into digital music production. And Rick Rubin, but Rick Rubin, on the other hand, praises its convenience. Now, Rick Rubin is a very renowned music producer. Like, he's extre he's extremely famous for his work with, uh, I know, I think he's done stuff with Paul McCartney. Uh, well, I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. Record. Did he do stuff with Paul McCartney? 
Oh, no, I'm thinking of this show he did with Paul McCartney. He didn't actually, I don't think he actually produced for Paul McCartney. I know he was in this show with him. Uh, but he's done a lot of, oh, it's interesting. Because Rick Rubin and Neil Young are come from different times. Because Rick Rubin was uh, with more with more 90s, early 2000s kind of stuff. He helped popularize hip-hop by producing records for acts such as the Beastie Boys, Ghetto Boys, Run DMC, Public Enemy, and LL Cool J. Also produced hit records for acts from a variety of other genres, predominantly heavy metal. So he produced for Danzig, Metallica, and Slayer. Alternate rock, so The Cult, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Strokes, and Weezer. Hard rock, so Audio Slave and Aerosmith. Uh, New metal, that includes Linkin Park, Rage the Machine, and System of a Down. And country, and that includes Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash and uh, the Chicks. You know, Johnny Cash's cover of Neil Young's song "Heart of Gold" is really cool. That's a, just a fun thing to mention that he covered that song. So yeah, Neil Young's been very critical of modern day music production, and I actually listened to this live album Neil did, which was released in 2022. It was released just last year, called "Noise and Flowers." Now what? When it comes to music production, this live album, Noise and Flowers, is the greatest sounding live album I've ever heard. Oh my, you should, everyone here should check it out. This, it sounds amazing. So I guess he knows what he's talking about. And I was like, who produced, did Neil produce this? So I looked it up. You know, Neil, Neil produced this album himself. You know, it sounds absolutely amazing. On Apple Music, it has Dolby Atmos and High Res Lossless. So uh, you should definitely listen to it on Apple Music and not fucking Spotify. Uh, you know, he even, Neil Young also criticized Spotify for uh, how for its sound quality, where he says it sounds like a quote-unquote pixelated movie when he was on Howard Stern, and I think I'm going to have to agree with him. <laughs> um, I like I think Apple Music, when it comes to sound quality, sounds a lot better and really, really amazing. I feel bad for saying this about Spotify, you know, guys, Spotify's my home, you know what I mean? This is what the show's on, but uh, what can I say? Uh, Apple Music is a more premium service, so this is really just to be expected. Now, done with Neil Young. Remember last uh, last episode when I was talking about Elvis? So I've since that episode, I've listened to a lot of live Elvis, and it's it's great. Uh, his stuff from That's the Way It Is in 1970, uh, his 1972 tour. Uh, I even, I bought this, he has this collector's label called Follow That Dream, where he releases these, like, collector's uh, CDs and stuff, CD sets, and I actually ordered one called um, From Louisiana and Memphis from 1976, so this is near the end of his career, uh, and his death, and I'm pretty excited for that to get here. And I really want to buy this. I just keep wanting to buy box sets, man. I really want to buy this set called Elvis on Tour. Because that set looks so cool. It looks so cool, man. Now, what I, 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 don't, I know you guys don't just want to sit here and listen to me talk about music. So let's move on to uh, this game I got called Hogwarts Legacy. I can't imagine you wanted someone listening to this and not having heard of Hogwarts Legacy. The Harry Potter game. Or the Hogwarts game, because Harry Potter's not in it. It's based like a hundred years before Harry Potter. It's this game is so awesome. Like it's, it was actually the best. I know it lost over fifty percent of its player base uh, since there's not much to do after you complete the main story. But it's really, really fun and really, really cool. Uh, I actually want. I, I took this seriously, man. I made a Wizarding World account. Wizarding World is like the. Am I saying wizard? I'm so fat. If I just said fucking wizard, it's yeah, wizarding world, wizarding world account. You know, so I made an account on Wizarding World, where I tested for my my house, my wand, and my Patronus. Now I don't really trust the the Patronus test results because testing for your Patronus is kind of sketchy, since. The way the questions work, it's like they ask you a question, and you only have like three seconds to answer, and you have three different options, and you have to uh, choose the first one you think of. So I don't really trust the results. I feel like if I took it again, like without like a time limit or something, uh, I would be doing a lot. I would be a lot 
less. I'd be a lot more trusting of it. I think it'd be more accurate. So this is what I this is what I got. Okay. My I I am. This is rare. Okay. So I'm pretty cool because no one really no one ever gets this. Okay. No one ever gets this house. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a member of House Ravenclaw. That's right. House Ravenclaw. I'm blue. You know, I'm blue. Uh, you know, you know, ask me why? Why are you blue? It's because I'm, I guess I'm smart or something, man. I guess I value intelligence because according to Ravenclaw, I where's where does it describe it? I know it means it means I value like uh, wit, wisdom, and uh, like intellect or something, right? I forget. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm uh, you know, wit, learning, and wisdom. That's it. That's me. Wit, learning, and wisdom. Those are my values as a Ravenclaw. My wand now is pretty cool. I got a chestnut wood with a unicorn core. That's 14 and a half inches. So yeah. the wand's pretty big, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, it's only one a half, it's only half an inch away from the, like the max length of 15 inches. Okay, that's I'm just letting you know. You know, it's pretty long. And has unyielding flexibility. So um, it's it's fourteen and a half inches when it's pretty soft. So okay, I mean, come on, I mean, come on, you know, that's my wand. It's the yeah 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 the chestnut wood combined with the unicorn core that gives like a because the unicorn core is very uh, it's very different I guess depending on what the wood is and the unicorn core with chestnut. That's like uh, this unyielding like sense of justice, which I guess that's cool. Even though I really don't have a very unyielding sense of justice, I guess. Because, uh, let me mention this before I get into my Patronus. I am evil. I am a dark wizard. I played Hogwarts Legacy, and I used the unforgivable curses. Uh, because I, my, I had this friend who is a Slytherin. I have nothing against Slytherin, okay, guys? Uh, if you're if you're a Slytherin, I have absolutely no problem with you. I know some people might. I think that's a type of discrimination that we should cover on a later date. I mean, come on, my own sister's a Slytherin, you know. But uh, yes, I am a dark wizard because he was just he kept using these unforgivable curses, which I didn't I didn't think he should. It's evil. And he'd be like, "What do you think of them?" And I'd be like, "Uh, they're awesome. They're actually really cool. They're actually really cool, and I want you to teach me them." Uh, so I just kept doing that and being like that towards him. So he taught me them. And I became an absolute unstoppable menace. Uh, I used Crucio, which uh, on anyone who challenges me. Uh, I use Avada Kedavra on bosses. So I one-tap bosses. And I rarely use Imperio, but when I do, it's to curse someone. Because there's this curse effect. and if you And I have this upgrade where if I... Uh, curse, if I have all these people with the curse effect and I use Avada Kedavra, then Avada Kedavra kills every cursed enemy on screen. It just kills every cursed enemy in reach. So it's fucking awesome and absolutely menacing. But hey, maybe it's like uh, unconventional warfare, you know, like some Captain Price type stuff. I'm using, I'm fighting fire with fire, you know. Like, uh, like, a, like, an, like I'm no Batman, you know, I'm like a Red Hood, you know, like a like, if any of you know who Red Hood is, you're sick. Because he's a really underrated DC character. So, yeah, I'm not like Batman. I'm like Red Hood, you know? I, uh, I'm i like Batman, but I fucking kill people. You know, I fucking kill pieces of shit. Yeah. I use those unforgivable curses. And my Patronus. I got a Manx cat. Which, I don't have a problem with a Manx cat. She's a cat. You know, like cats. I got an Archie and Ollie in real life. But I just don't know how accurate that is because the the test was just weird. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, that's what I got. Oh man, I'm looking at other Patronuses right now. Uh, if I got a dolphin, that would have been sick. <laughs> I would love a dolphin Patronus. My friend, shout to shout to Kyle McGee because Mister Kyle McGee got a black bear as his fucking Patronus. That is sick. Also, if someone could explain to me how Patronuses work, I'd be fine with that because. In the movies, when I would see someone use Expecto Patronum, it would just be a blinding white light. I wouldn't see like a black bear jump out or anything, or like a like a ghostly looking cat. Uh, so you know, I'll t- I'll I'll 
you know, I'd be open to an explanation. Like when Remus Lupin saved Harry from the Death Eaters on the train. Uh, but Which is, by the way, very impressive. Uh, just waking up and casting Expecto Patronum non-verbally immediately. But uh, And it just did a big blind, like, blinding light. Big white light. I don't know why I said big blind. And the Death Eater was like, ah! That's my Death Eater impression. It was like, oh, oh geez. And it, it, like, left the train. Uh, you know, I didn't see a big, uh, I didn't see a fucking dolphin <laughs> start flying and start flying around that Death Eater. But uh, I could probably just look into that myself. So, yeah, that's what I got. That's my info, you know. I am a Ravenclaw with a chestnut with a fucking big, and I mean big, 14 and a half inch wand. Okay, that that that's that's flexible. It's soft, you know. So, 14 and a half inch soft. And uh, it also has a unicorn core. And it's made of chestnut wood. So it's some, it's 14 and a half inches. Am I, am I milking this joke? 14 and a half inches uh, wood that's soft. You know, I got that's some big wood right there on me. You know, it's my wood. You know what I mean, guys? It's my uh, chestnut wood with the unicorn core. Because uh, I'm talking about my, you know, my wand. You know what I mean, guys? And I have the Manx Cat Patronus. So that, that's me as a wizard. Uh, now, I also went to Hogwarts in real life. I went to Universal, and that was great. I went there with the, the this family. Uh, I went there with the singers. I bet you guys know them. You know, Matt, Matt Singer. Shout out to Matt Singer. Shout out to Andrew Singer. And shout out to uh, Hayden McDonald. Yeah, Hayden McDonald. Because he was there. Uh, he, was, he was really fun to be around, too. So we were all... And not only that, this was my first time... Uh, going on, like, big, scary roller coasters. Because last time I went to a, a park like that, I was, like, what, 6th or 7th grade? And I was always too scared to go on rides like that. But I went on the Hulk and the Velocicoaster and the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, and it was awesome, man. Me, Andrew, Matt, and my own brother, Drew, we, we got front row on the Hulk, and it was awesome. Oh, my God, that was so cool. And then also me and Andrew sat in the back, you know, where it's, where it's, like, the most, like, whip, you know, when it's, like, going down hills and stuff, like, the most, uh, like, the most, uh, what is it, I don't know, uh, I mean, I know, I know when it's going down, it's, it, it, it's going fast for, like, the longest amount of time, uh, oh, my god, dude, being in the back on the Velocicoaster was sick, so shout out to Andrew, the Andrew Singer for doing that with me, that was so fun. And the, I also got a sweatshirt. That's all I'll say. You know what? No, guys, don't make fun of me. Okay, don't make fun of me. But I really like Hogwarts Legacy, okay? I thought that game was so fun. It got me into Hogwarts. So, I, I, yeah, fine. I'll admit it. You know, I'll admit it. Fuck you guys. You think I'm fucking a nerd for this? I got a, I got, I got a crew neck that represents my House Ravenclaw. My house, you know? It's where I... Ravenclaw, born and raised... And I don't really, I don't think you should have a problem with that, you know? That's, uh, that's me. I'm a Ravenclaw. Uh, and if you try to make fun of me for it, well, I'm just letting you know. Uh, just, just listen to my wand statistics and see if you have anything else to say. I mean, come on. You know, flexible, soft wood, 14 and a half inches. I don't really think you, you can make fun of me anymore after hearing that. So yeah, I'm, I'm closer to being the bully than you, fucking assholes. Yeah, after Universal, after I got stuff there, um, I went to Myrtle Beach to see my sister. She was playing softball there, you know. She's and she's a senior, so it's like her like final years or final times or something. I don't, I can't remember something final. So there's finality to it, if that's a word. So I went there. Only stayed there for two days because the weather was horrible. It's all cold, you know, all windy. And then we, I went and left and came home. And yeah, that's what happened there. Now, I remember last episode, I mentioned a big expensive box set with 10 LPs. LP stands for long play, and uh, LPs are also vinyls. So like, you know, have you ever seen a vinyl record? I refuse to believe some of you haven't seen a vinyl record. Um, if you haven't seen a vinyl record, you're probably like... Uh, Oh no! If you haven't seen a vinyl record. You probably listened to In Hypen or Exonary Heroes or Aespa. 
But, uh, okay, here. You know what? I'm being mean. This is my audience. Well, this is, like, one member. This is, like, one member of my audience. I don't have a problem with uh, the music you listen to. I just don't like it. It's just not for me, you know? I doubt you'd like Bob Dylan or Neil Young or Elvis Presley. So, I know I'm not going to, like, in hyping Exedinary Heroes, Exedinary Heroes, or Ace Boss, so, you know? To each, to each his own, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I mentioned that box set about the, the Time Out of Mind sessions, you know, that album that no one listening cares about. And it came, and, oh, dude, it became my favorite music ever. I mean, it's so awesome, man. I just got it cause the, for the live, for the live tracks, because I love live music. I thought it sounded awesome. You know, Dylan live in the late 90s or early 2000s. But, uh, no, the alternate takes of songs, the alternate versions of songs that weren't released are also so, so cool. And the remix of the album is pretty cool, too. Uh, so, dude, it became... It's my favorite music ever. Right now, my favorite music is... Uh, that is the Time Out of Mind Sessions, Elvis Live in the 70s, and Neil Young uh, Live, uh, like, Electric. That's my, that's, my, like, favorite, that's my favorite music right there. So you should all check that out. Even though you probably won't like it, still. Uh, so, I also have been, I started guitar lessons before I went to, before I went to Universal. Yeah, that's right. I started guitar lessons. Uh, I really, I really like my, uh, teacher. He's a really cool guy. And, uh, my, f I've been thinking about how, this is my favorite guitar sound, okay? My favorite guitar sound is this shrill, uh, basically there's these things that are, like electric acoustic guitars, like acoustic guitars you can plug in, and they make a very, they make a very, sh they have a very shrill tone, uh, which you actually hear in the intro to the to the shed. That's the, that intro to the shed, that right there. That's my favorite guitar sound, and that's why I would love, I would love to have a setup where I can make that kind of sound. And also electric electric guitar. I want to play like Neil Young. I love his tone, and I love how he plays and stuff. Love his compositions. Like like Danger Bird, like a Hurricane, Alabama, Southern Man, Powder Finger, uh, Hey Hey My My, Into the Black. Uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to play like Neil Young, man. So yeah, that's my uh, that's what's going on there when it comes to guitar. So I guess I want to do acoustic, you know. But I guess I also really like electric, cause I love Neil. I guess Neil Young. Well, no, I I've always liked electric guitar, but I just like acoustic more, cause you know I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. Neil Young also plays acoustic, you know, and uh, Neil Young, Neil Young's electric tone. Basically, I've been saying the word tone a lot. If some of you don't know what tone is, it's basically the sound of a guitar. It's basically the guitar, the guitar's bass sound combined with all the pedals being used and stuff like that, like wah and like overdrive and stuff like that, and like distortion. Uh, those things all combined is the guitar's tone. Now, I love Neil Young's tone. Uh, some tones are very iconic as well, like Jimi Hendrix's, like Dwayne Allman's. And, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's what tone is. Oh, and like uh, Clapton's tone back in the... The woman tone, as it's called, back in the back in his days with Cream, the band Cream. And, uh, yeah, no, that's what guitar tone is. And I love Neil Young. I love that sound of rust I was talking about earlier. That sounds that is amazing. I love that sound, and I especially love his tone on that live album I mentioned earlier, "Noise and Flowers." Sorry, I've been talking about music a lot. I hope you guys like care. You know, I hope you guys find. It. I hope you guys find what I'm actually listening to. What I'm actually talking about interesting. So yeah, again, that big box that arrived became my favorite music ever. But again, I don't recommend it. You guys won't like it. Like you won't like it. It's that simple. It's upsetting, really, to me. But you guys won't like it, you know? You should, however. You definitely should listen to uh, Songs of the Shed, you know? I wonder if there's... I wonder if there's... Did I put a song from... Oh, shit, man. I forgot to put a, the, well, this one song from the uh, Time Out of Mind sessions on it. Uh, from that album. Because there's a song of the shed. There's a weekly song from the box set that I mentioned a while ago. Because it was just like released as like a single, you know, to promote the set. 
that I forgot about. Let me put that on the playlist. Because that's something. There we go. Yeah. Lovesick, parentheses, version 2. That was the first single uh, released. But it, it sound, it, it's pretty good, you know. I really just chose it because it was at the time it was the only one released. There's a lot of better alternate takes on the box set itself. Uh, and yeah, no, that's the, that's what's going on, man. It sounded great. It sounded great. Now, back to gaming. Back to gaming, you know. Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a game about a gang. The Vanderlyn gang. Now, you're supposed to play the first game first. Well, Red Dead 2 is a prequel. But if you think you should watch prequels before the originals, you're so stupid, okay? The way that the story is told in the prequel, you're supposed to watch it knowing what it leads to, okay? People don't think about that. Like, oh, uh, wait, so Red Dead 2 is based before Red Dead 1? Should I play Red Dead 2 first? No, no. You're supposed to know that the gang falls apart, okay? Okay, guys, that's what's happened. In Red Dead 1, a man named John Marston. This is how, this is how we start. John Marston, you know, he, he's living with his family, his wife and kid, Jack, his wife, Abigail. Um, and this guy named Uncle. He's no one's uncle. He just lives there. Uh, and he's old and doesn't do anything. But the government's like, hey, listen, old, uh, these two, two men, part of the Pinkerton Detective Agency, Mr. Edgar Ross and his little assistant named, like, Archer or something, I forget. I haven't, I haven't played the first game. I know the whole story of it. Like, hey, listen, we're taking your family into our, into custody, and we'll release them if you hunt your old colleagues, you know, your old partners in crime. That's right, John. We know about your old days as an outlaw. We know back in, what was that, 15 years ago? No, back in, what, 12 years ago? 11, yeah, 12, like, well, he was definitely still an outlaw like 15 years ago. But yeah, like 12 years ago, we know what you were up to. You know, you're running with the Vanderlyn gang. And uh, he says, if you, we'll release your family if you capture or kill these three acquaintances of yours. Mr. Javier Escuela, Mr. Bill Williamson, and Mr. Dutch Vanderlyn. Now, yes, John accomplishes this goal. Uh, however... John is betrayed by the government. Uh, I'm not going to say what, what happens, but that's all you need to know, okay? It doesn't end well. Nothing ever ends well in this series. And we want to know, you know, with the whole game, John was talking about how he left the gang because they left him to die. And we want to know, what's he talking about? Why'd this gang, why, why'd they all get, like, mean? You know, why'd they all fuck, like, fuck John over? So... Enter Red Dead Redemption 2, where uh, you, you play as Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan is the right-hand man and almost the, the son of, not biologically, but just because he was like, raised by this guy, the son of Dutch Vanderland, who you hunt in the first game. Now, Dutch Vanderland is the leader of this gang, along with his like kind of co-leader, or even though they, but that would imply that they're co-leaders when it's... The Vanders called the Vanderland Gang, with Josea Matthews. Now, this is the gang that John was talking about. When we get to see what, what happened, you know, it started so it, it was looking great at the start of the game. Like the gangs, I know the the game was being the gang was being hunted by the Pinkertons after a robbery gone wrong in the town of Blackwater. So it didn't start great, but the gang's integrity, you know, the gang's strength together seemed great. What happened? Why'd they leave John to die? And why'd they all dissolve and shit like that? Like, why was what was Javier doing in Mexico? What was Bill doing leading his own gang? What was Dutch doing just being... Dutch in the second game seems like he's this triumphant, inspiring leader. So why in the first game, why, why was he like an insane, psychopathic murderer? What happened there? So I've been playing Red Dead 2 again. And it's just the best. I highly recommend it to anyone. You know, seriously, anyone. Uh, I don't recommend my music to everyone, as I said multiple times, but this game is amazing. Absolutely amazing. It has so many minute details that it's, it's so hard to get over. And not only that, I will tell you guys this. Uh, it tends to kind of take over your life 
uh, if you ever watch anything about it on YouTube, because YouTube recommended it, so you get filled with videos about it. So don't watch anything if you don't want spoiled, okay? This game's fucking awesome. This game's fucking awesome, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm playing it again. I'm really taking my time, you know, uh, really just doing the main story very barely. I'm really just going around the map with doing like side quests and stuff like that. And like finding like weird structures to. Uh, but you know, there's this thing that there's this feature in the game that's like Arthur's Journal. And uh, if you see like a weird structure, like a tree that's like bent perfectly, like shaped like a tree that's literally like shaped like an L. Something like that. Or like an old abandoned church, but the church is only like three feet tall. Uh, you can go up to it, and it'll give you a prompt to like hold right to inspect it, and Arthur will like draw it and like write about it. And that's cool. So I've been going around just like filling out the journal, uh, finding, getting, trying to get like house robbery tips and robbing houses. And uh, treasure maps. He's doing treasure maps, finding treasure. And yeah, the game is so, so awesome, man. Oh, and I've been hunting these legendary, you know, your Jose Matthews, I mentioned him earlier. He gives you a map, which is the legendary animals of the southwestern United States. And I love hunting legendary animals because you can take their pelts and stuff to a trapper and he can make you drip with their pelts, man. And, uh, I, you know, I also want to, I've been getting all these materials from animals and stuff to max out the camp when it comes to, like, Upgrades. I've been trying to get more materials to max out Arthur's satchel because I never did this stuff when I first played. You know, I never crafted at like at all. I just uh, played through the game without ever crafting. With because uh, there's this guy at your camp named Pearson, who if you bring him stuff like animal pelts and like a, let's say like a boar tusk, or like a perfect pronghorn carcass, because there's like a quality system where with how clean your kill on the animal was, where it's like really bad. It's a one star. Which is a poor. Two stars is good and three stars is perfect. You need to use like specific guns and only and uh, one shot to the head with certain animals. Or, like specific guns with certain animals. You have to one shot every animal in the head uh, to get a perfect kill. But like you, if you're gonna use like a like a, if you're gonna use like a big rifle and sh and uh, headshot a rabbit, like that's gonna be a poor kill. That fucking rifle is gonna destroy that little rabbit, man. But if you use a tiny little varmint rifle for hunting. You know, vermin like uh, like rabbits. You know what I mean? Uh, is that the term vermin? Is that, is that like a term for uh, wild animals that are believed to be harm harmful? Oh well, you know, rabbits are vermin. Yeah, no, because they eat like your carrots. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're hunting like, because a varmint rifle is for like little rodents. So if you headshot a rabbit with a varmint rifle. And then that would be that could be like a perfect kill if you find a rabbit that's already in a three star condition, and like again, but you can't you can't use a varmin rifle to headshot like a bison. It's not that's not even gonna kill it. It's just gonna it's gonna tank that shot easily because it's a big ass bison. But if you use that big rifle with a headshot to a three star quality bison, then boom, that's your perfect kill. So if you bring in like perfect carcasses and stuff and like animal parts like tusks and like horns. And like pelts as well. You can craft stuff for the camp. And I'm trying to max that out too. And you can also give Arthur new satchels. Like satchels that can like hold more tonics. Or hold more valuables. Or if you get all of them. Uh, this, sa this satchel called Legend of the East. Which can just hold more of everything. Like a lot more of everything. Which I'm tr I was trying to go for. And I am trying to go for when I play. And yeah. the game I highly recommend the game to anyone. Oh there's also Legendary Fish. Which are, that's pretty cool. You know, that's pretty fun. Uh, now, this is what I want to, I, I don't, you know, I've never really played a sport, you know, well, no, I did play sports, I wish I stuck with sports, but, like, like I wish I found one that I liked, because I did actually find one that I liked, I, I liked golf, I would go to golf camp over there somewhere, uh, back when I was in elementary school, maybe middle school, I can't remember, maybe early middle school, but, uh, I didn't stick with it, I feel bad, but I am pursuing a... I'm trying to pursue a sport right now. Uh, I'm, I'm doing boxing. I want to do boxing. I was going to do it over the summer, but I guess I can also just do it now. I have this little tag where I can go in and just get lessons whenever I want. That's pretty cool. And a uh, fun fact, my coach, the, the guy that works there, I'm not going to call him my coach. I don't want to act like I'm super close and cool with this guy. Uh, his name is Buster Douglas. Now, if you know Buster, just look him up. All I'm going to say is look him up, you know. 
he beat Mike Tyson. Okay, just look, look up Buster Douglas. Biggest boxing upset in history. And he's my coach. He's he, he's the he will uh, be teaching me how to box and stuff, which is sick. I'm super hyped for that. So I have to meet him as well. Cause my, my own dog, my dog is named after Buster Douglas. It's my dad was a huge, a huge fan of Buster Douglas. So, but you know, it'd be cool for my dad to meet Buster Douglas too. Now, here's another thing I want to touch on. Uh, I'm gonna get a, I'm getting a lot more productive. You know why? I'm getting more sleep. Sleep is so important. I'm telling you guys. Uh, screw the. Just don't stop staying up to like I don't know two a.m. Uh, even even though a lot of you think that's like normal probably on like a weekend if you don't play sports uh to the i don't know gamers listening uh yeah you gotta stop staying up that late man because if you just go to sleep and get a, get in at least eight hours you'll feel great man yeah i do i'm trying to get eight hours of sleep every night and it's really helping and it feels really good you know and uh, i also want to touch on before i go because i've really talked about all i wanted to all i wrote down I'll give some, I don't know, shout-outs. Uh, well, I already kind of did. Uh, oh, yeah, shout-out to Lauren Creedon. Because I, I went to her house, and uh, me and her repaired this. Well, her and I, if some of you are nerds, uh, repaired this trampoline that her brother broke. Uh, and that, that was actually and that was actually fun. I know it's like it's just like working with tools and stuff. But I actually enjoyed that. And... Uh, I wasn't like listening to like our dad or anything. It was just me and her. We were just, uh, oh god damn it! I shouldn't have said that. It's not nothing like that, guys. I'm friends with Lauren. I was just uh, helping her repair that trampoline, and it was I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I was shout out to Lauren for that. And um, uh, also, her house is being like heavily redone, like heavily, heavily, heavily redone, like almost a completely new house. And it's been like this for, what is it, like a year now? Uh, Over a year. It was supposed to be done a year ago, man. But when it's done, it's going to look amazing, okay? So you guys, if she ever, and she wants to start hosting, uh, like parties and stuff. So if she hosts, you guys got to go over there. Because it's going to look so, so amazing, that house. And it has an amazing view. Because she lives on the golf course. It has an amazing view of the golf course. Uh, oh, it has this double-sided fireplace. Oh my god, the house looks, it's going to look so, so cool. And yeah, that's, uh, so yeah, shout out to Lauren for all that. And then, and I also wanted to touch on the podcast. Uh, guy, I'm gonna start weekly episodes, fuck it, you know, I'm so sick of being so goddamn lazy. Weekly episodes are going to be a regular. And for, for the rest of, I don't know, no, not for the rest for just forever well not forever I don't think I'm going to do this podcast forever uh, but yeah it's going to start getting weekly episodes uh, and also collabs I'm just trying to do collabs I was in cahoots you know with uh, Yummo Media and a lot of you thought that I, I asked some fans what they thought should happen with the show and sorry if you hate it when I say the word fans by the way sorry if you, sorry if you think it's cringe or something it's just a really easy term to use to refer to people who, who like listen but I, I asked around what they think should, should happen and they, they all really like the idea with collabing with Yummo so I'll try to do that but again it's hard uh, it's hard to collab uh, I'd have to have someone that I don't know over at my house and talk to them for an hour uh, I just want I just want everyone here to think about what that's like and I'll probably have a mutual friend so shout out to the mutual friend between me and Yummo, uh, Garrett Smith. If I have Yummo on, I probably have Garrett on too. Uh, so it's not like, so there's never any like awkward silence like the entire time or anything. And uh, so yeah, that, that's what's going on, man. I hope this was a. Oh yeah, sure. I'll mention that I'm back. I'm back on like keto, like really hard keto, because uh, I want to start losing weight again. Uh, especially because it, it's hard staying thin, going to like places like Universal, you know, travel, like not travel, I don't want to say traveling, I, went to, I just went to a different state, but uh, going on, like having any sort of celebration or something, uh, it's hard, you know, 
So I'm going, I'm back on like hard keto. You know, a lot harder than last time. And I got this, I got this big thing of water with it. You got to drink a lot of water. You got to flush your kidneys. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, that's what's going on. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm really, I, I'm happy to be doing this again because I really love doing this. And I really hope everyone else loves listening to it. Uh, that's all I gotta say. Man. You know, I, I'm I'm so milking this. I'm just trying to get to an hour. <laughs> it's technically ended like two minutes ago. But yeah, the, the, no, not technically, pretty much. But uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you next week. Bye.